0: To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Meltite. This time...
2: Oh, 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 no, 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 no. Um, do you want to... He needs a nap. Do you want to put him down or you want me to put him
1: down? Most of us are shut in at home with our work and often our families. Does the pandemic mean less equality for women?
0: I felt really fragmented in terms of trying to focus on work and, and was really struggling with that. Whereas I was finding that my husband was getting much more of a chance to really sort of sit down and have his uninterrupted time.
1: And are some of us taking on an invisible load during this time? I try to get him to contact his family, but uh, I think
3: because it does weigh on my mind constantly, it it sort of just ends up falling on me.
1: Work, family and equality at home. Coming up on The Broad Experience. So I'm recording this in mid-April. For most people listening all over the world, schools are closed, Couples are at home together, many of them with kids. Dan Carlson is one half of a couple in exactly this position. He's also a sociologist. He teaches family and consumer studies at the University of Utah. Over the years, his research has focused on areas like paternity leave, the division of labour in the household and how that affects couples' relationships, especially heterosexual couples where gender norms play a big role. I started our conversation by bringing up an article some of you may have read in The Atlantic. It's called The Coronavirus is a Disaster for Feminism. One of the main things that that writer is talking about is women being traditionally the carers, caregivers, getting lumbered with more of that work, even now as the pandemic sort of rages all around us and people are at home. And and there's this one line, the coronavirus smashes up the bargain that so many dual earner couples have made in the developed world. We can both work because someone else is looking after our children. And the writer says, instead, couples will have to decide which one of them takes the hit. What do you think of that line? Do you think is that is? Do you think that is what's going on in a lot of households, that one person is deciding to take the hit?
4: I don't know if couples are are deciding that only one person right has to bear these responsibilities. I think that sort of violates this uh, egalitarian belief system that so many people espouse these days. I can see it going both ways. I mean, I can see it where a couple decide that, yes, one person will pull back from their job. And if that's the case, then it probably most often would end up being mother. but I can also see a situation in which couples decide to to share that load.
1: He and some colleagues are launching new research to find out what really is happening in households right now.
4: This is a situation in which we need good data, and our goal is to is to get that into to understand what's going on.
1: This is a rich time for sociologists. There's so much to discover about how human beings are behaving in what is a brand new situation for most of us. Dan says past research shows that couples report higher relationship satisfaction when there's a more equal division of labour in the home. And this applies across the socioeconomic spectrum. But often that division of labour isn't equal and it isn't always discussed either. Dan did some research with two colleagues, Amanda Miller and Sharon Sassler.
4: They collected some really excellent interviews um, data from interviews with with cohabiting couples several years back and And you find that you know even if women are unhappy you know with the division of labor, that they 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 may not even bring it up, you know because they already preference their partners desires or they're afraid of of pushing him too hard and and of course you know men will lean on these tropes of well you know i just she just sees dirt more than i do and i just have a higher tolerance for it and they fall back on these notions of of you know sort of natural inherent differences between men and women as to why they can't do it and then even if men do do it you know you find that Somehow they're incompetent at it, which is ridiculous because it's not difficult work, but somehow they they fudge it up and and that you know in the future gets them out of it right? because no one can afford to to spend time training them
1: and Let's face it, sometimes women just want things done the way they want them done, especially in the pandemic. A couple of the women you'll hear from later talked about cleaning being something they could control right now. And they valued that. I found out about you and your work because uh, another sociologist had sent me, had linked me to this series of tweets you did a couple of weeks ago, essentially giving men who wanted to listen a little bit of advice about how they might step up more during this time. Um, I think it was about 18, 18 tweets. There were quite a few points in there. One of the interesting things you said was around specific jobs. Um, Can you talk about that? I think you, you basically said when you try and divide tasks like I do the laundry, she does the dishes, you said inequities can develop.
4: Yeah. So we're combining all these different tasks when we talk about housework, right? It all gets lumped into this general umbrella term. So we're talking about Laundry, we're talking about dishes, we're talking about cooking, we're talking about shopping for groceries, cleaning toilets. And so, you know, historically what, what scholars have done is they just kind of they add it all up. They add up all the time for all of these things, and then they create a proportionate share. How you know, proportionally how much are men doing. And if it's near 50%, then it's like, oh, they're egalitarian. But the problem with that, again, is that these tasks vary widely in terms of their qualities how enjoyable they are, how socially isolating they are, whether they can be done together with your partner. And so if you ask people, you know, what would you rather do? Would you rather, you know, wash dishes? If you have little ones, right, you know, like if you find that old sippy cup of milk underneath the couch that's been there for two weeks, like you want to clean that? You know, do you want someone's, you know, had um, an upset stomach and you want to clean the toilet? like, Or do you want to cook dinner? Or would you like to go grocery shopping and pick up a couple of things? These tasks vary widely.
1: Still, he says, a lot of couples do split tasks this way. Each person always does a specific job, like cooking or cleaning the bathroom or taking out the trash.
4: What my research is showing is that couples who do it that way, who divide it up, tend to not always think that their arrangement is fair. They have lower satisfaction with their division of housework. And their relationship satisfaction is much lower than couples who who are always pitching in and doing everything together. And in fact, you know, just to give you a number here, only half of couples who divide everything up again in a sort of equal way, only half of them report that their relationship is fair. Whereas nearly a hundred percent of those who are, you know, doing all the tasks jointly, report that their relationship is fair. So, again, how, you know, 50-50 is important, but how you get to 50-50 I think is what really matters.
1: Kristen Elworthy admits her pre-pandemic household wasn't 50-50 and her current household isn't either, but it is more balanced than usual, even if some of the hardest stuff about being at home, helping homeschool your kids, is largely okay, falling to her in
2: the class so right now she just wants you to cut out the pieces okay, okay that's right. You want to keep going. all right sienna you're all done with your music class thank you
1: her eldest sienna is seven
2: okay say are you good or do you want to do any more of it you're good okay
1: Yeah. what do you need little man nicholas her youngest is a toddler and amelia is five
2: Oh Emmy, when you do your class, you can show them that you did your po- your solar system um puzzle already, so you already know the planets. Nikki no snacks.
1: Kristen works right, in PR Anna, and communications. She's a consultant with her own business. She works from home and she has a flexible schedule. Her husband Craig is in cybersecurity. In normal times, he works a full day at the office. They live in the Boston suburbs.
2: I will say it has been like a seven year evolution. I feel like every time I get a handle on, you know, our balance, we have another child. So every time we've had another kid, the distribution of workload shifts every time. Um, And I was just joking with my husband that for the first time, our son who's one and a half will not let me put him to bed since this whole pandemic thing has started because my husband's always around. So now he wants him to put him to bed, which is new, which is great for me. Uh, but there's you know, we're equal partners in parenting, I would say, but I'm definitely because of my flexibility and my personality, to be totally honest, I'm the one kind of running the trains.
1: So now when you say your personality, tell me, tell me about yourself. Are you saying control freak? What are you saying?
2: So I would say I'm a bit of a control freak. Um, when I do delegate the control to somebody else, I'm I'm totally fine seating it. My husband handles my daughter's hockey. Career completely. I know nothing about it except for showing up to games. I want nothing to do with it, for example. Um, and there are certain parts of our lives that he just does and I don't think about. So, for sure, there are things around our house, like the outside of the house, um, certain like just certain contractors that I don't have to think about because he thinks about them. But it will come, when it does come to the kids, um, it tends to be me, A, because I'm a little bit of a control freak about stuff, but B, because since my schedule is a flexible one, I needed to come up with the ways to work around it and decide, you know, how much I wanted to be working versus being, you know, available or at home for the kids. Um, so those were decisions that I was very, I'm very fortunate to be able to make. Um, and he doesn't have that same decision
1: process. He works traditional hours. What about help at home? What would you, what kind of setup would you usually have? Would you, would you, do you have a, a nanny? Do you have a cleaner? What's the story there? Right. So I, I have been
2: saying this is like the first thing that they tell every working mom is to outsource everything. And three weeks ago, they took it all away. (laughs) So it's really very eye opening um, to, I don't think we have a ton of help compared to a lot of families. We have a cleaner that comes once every two weeks that isn't coming right now. Um, I have a, the girls are in school, the older girls are in school. um, So that's, you know, five days a week. And then my son, there's a sitter that comes a couple of days a week for him and then takes the girls later on. And I work very long days those days. Um, So I kind of have two really long days and then work mornings, nights, and nap times around the other three days. Um... So, And then I do have family that lives in town. So I have two sisters with kids and um, um, my parents all down the street from me. And they are super helpful. So whenever I would have something come up or an extra big project, my sitter would do extra hours. They might take the kids for the day. And we aren't seeing any of them right now. So all of those social supports, paid and unpaid, have kind of been removed from the picture.
1: She read that Atlantic article about the coronavirus being terrible for feminism And initially, she agreed. She thought her carefully calibrated work-life balance would collapse. And she's really busy with work at the moment.
2: So I was dreading how we were going to do it. And admittedly, it's been a lot of early mornings and late nights on my end to get the work done. Um, And at first, I think my husband did keep to that nine to five schedule. But um, since things have progressed, I think both his workplace and him himself have kind of been a bit more open to flexibility because everybody's in this position now. So for example, most days he works a lot with um, Europe um, for calls. So he'll be on calls early and by three o'clock, maybe he's wrapping up so I can then work all afternoon. We kind of try to switch off. We work around each other's calls. Um, He has been seeing what's going on all day that maybe he didn't necessarily see all the time before. And he has said that it's made him want to jump in more. So while at first I thought this was going to be a disaster, I will say I think it's actually been really good for him and for the kids and for me for him to be more equally parenting them, especially when we're all here all day. They need a new voice and like a new face after a few hours. The schoolwork, that stuff is all still falling mostly in the morning, mostly on me to keep that organized. But he takes them outside. He... Throws the ball around with them. He'll do science projects with them. So it's it's equaling out, and it's actually a really positive kind of transition as the weeks have gone on. Especially considering we may be doing this for several more months.
0: Want... You want to come with Deba?
4: Why? Want to come do nap with Deba? There you
2: go. Bye, you Nikki. Go, buddy.
4: Bye, buddy. Bye, <laughs> buddy. Nikki, say bye bye.
1: Have a good snooze. She says in their house, it's all hands on deck right now. They haven't had a big discussion about the division of labor. Whoever is free and can do it just does whatever needs doing. Still, she says this lockdown is tough on parents no matter what.
2: It's so hard to give these kids what they need. I mean, we're, we started distance learning this week for my kids. They are young, so I'm not super worried about their ability to go to second grade and kindergarten next year, which is you know where we're at. but." I keep missing Zoom calls for them because I'm on Zoom calls of my own. And, you know, we're being asked to both hold down full-time jobs, teach two kids and keep a third one engaged and alive because he just wants to, like, climb, you know, climb the walls. He's a baby. Um, And, like, also clean the house and cook basically every meal and go grocery shopping but don't go grocery shopping and all of these other impossible tasks it's just hard. I don't think there's any working parent. I don't think there's anybody that's really escaping it, but particularly working parents of both genders, like it's just so much pressure right now. And everyone keeps telling you to take it easy on yourself, but the list is endless regardless. (music)
1: A few weeks ago, one of you asked on Facebook if the pandemic might be harder in general on women than men. And of course, many of the workers most affected by the virus, healthcare workers, food service workers, domestic workers, they are largely women. But there may be something else going on too, something less obvious – Women and men often process things differently, deal with stress differently, and women tend to ruminate more than men. We've also been socialised to put other people's feelings first. Samantha Murphy and her husband live in Calgary, in Western Canada. They both work in the oil and gas industry. They're in their mid-30s, no kids, two cats. Sam says she's always done most of the housework, but the split has improved over the years. We still
3: don't agree on what that looks like. Um, I feel like if you were to make a recording of us, it would be something something along the lines of seventy-five, twenty-five, or seventy, thirty split. And that was uh, that was with quite a bit of, of work over the years. Probably evolving from more like a ninety, ten split. Um, of discussing why it's important um, to have help and why it's important for me to not have to ask him to do a lot of the work but uh, we've kind of reached a, a comfortable equilibrium and some of that has been aided by um, hiring a house cleaner um, when we moved to a, a larger place um, We, I just recognized the, the toll it was going to take for me to continue keeping up with it compared to an apartment and I had gotten a promotion and so it seemed like the right time to hire a uh, People to do the cleaning for us, and that's actually been tremendous for our relationship. To be totally honest, and uh, they're not doing that for us now,
1: <laughs> so more cleaning. So we're talking about a ninety ten split originally, where you were the ninety. Why, in this day and age?
3: <laughs> uh, because it was easy,
1: easier for me to uh,
3: to just do the work rather than the nag. Seems like the same old story that many people have to tell, but. Uh, I would ask work to be done; it wouldn't get done, so I'd do it myself. Um, and it would often result in in arguments, and uh, kind of just got easier for for me to do it. But over time, I I did see the value, especially because we we would like to have a, a family sometime in the not too distant future, of having a husband that participates a little bit more. So that's where I started putting some some work into our relationship and into making it known why it's important to have the support and the positive impact that that could have on our life. And and I would say by and large, it's 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 worked. It's still not uh, the split that I would love, but it's, uh, it's certainly working better than it was before. So I'm actually quite happy with it.
1: She says she still does most of the cooking, but he now cooks one meal a week, and they get takeout once a week. He cleans up after the cats, does dishes, does more errands, And she's been making an effort to take on more traditionally male jobs like home renovation projects and tackling technical issues herself rather than asking her husband to just fix them for her. But during the pandemic, she says they've slid into bad habits. Her husband is spending more time with technology to ease stress, less time on housework. Meanwhile, she's getting OCD about tidiness. She says one big difference between them is the mental load she's carrying right now what's happening with me is
3: um, we have because we do have family that's that's distant all of a sudden there's this pressure to reach out more frequently and it sort of weighs on my mind especially uh, my mother-in-law who kind of lives on her own and um, because I do try to try to split things normally I, I kind of I try to get him to contact as family, but, uh, I think because it, it does weigh on my mind constantly, it, it sort of just ends up falling on me and it's not only family, it's, it's friends. Um, I know people who are living by themselves. I have been reaching out to more frequently. I know that's important, which has led to some really nice conversations actually, but it's also led to probably being a
1: sympathetic ear, a hundred percent more than, than I was before. She also volunteers for an organisation that supports seniors in her community. Often these are people who live below the poverty line and live alone. Her job is to call an older person just to chat. And since the pandemic started, the group has
3: asked for extra help. Rather than calling one person a couple of times a week, I've now got two people. I'm making five phone calls a week. And I find myself on there for probably upwards of three hours and, um, I guess within all of this is a, a lot of the folks that I'm talking to are sort of in distress and anxious, and, and I'm a pretty empathetic person, and so I, it affects me. I, I, find it's, uh, it's impacting my ability to sleep a little bit, uh, my mood, certainly. I have to check myself, uh, especially interacting with my husband who has to put up with me every day, um, getting a little bit irritable or weepy or sad, um, and then there's keeping on top of work as well. I, I am still working nine to five, maybe a little bit more even um, without the commute. My manager sort of expects us to be online by eight o'clock every morning and until five o'clock sort of thing. So, you know, it's it's not a ton, but it, it adds up.
1: Then there's her own family. Sam's sister lost her job recently. She's now living with their mother and Sam finds herself mediating their somewhat difficult relationship. how is your husband? How's your husband riding this out? What what's how how is he doing? Um I think he's he's
3: throwing himself in into work. He is very busy. He's also doing some coursework on the side. Um We've actually been faring fairly well, I think, as, as a couple. We've had some really good conversations. I've tried to be open and communicative when I'm feeling agitated or down, um, even if it's just a heads up that I'm going to start behaving badly or saying things that I may regret. Uh, and it, and it's worked so far. One thing that's been nice is we've been going for a lot of uh, walks together. Late evenings on the weekend, having wine. Um, I would say things are actually pretty pretty good on that front. I can't complain. But yes, I would say in general, keeping himself as, as busy as possible. Um, that's how he sees he is contributing and creating value is through his work.
1: Spending more time together has been a positive during a tide of negative news. And she's glad to offer support to everyone she does, but she can't help hoping things ease up before too long, so she's not stretched in quite so many directions. Thousands of miles away, in Bristol, England, Anna Lagerdal offers emotional support too, but she does it for a living.
0: I'm a clinical psychologist. I work for the NHS in cancer services.
1: Anna works just over three days a week for the National Health Service – her clients are cancer patients, often readjusting to normal life after many months of treatment. Her husband works as a software engineer. They have two children. They're five and two and a half. And like Kristen's family, they're all home together at the moment with no childcare.
0: So the first couple of weeks, it was really enjoyable spending more time with the children. I think we were both really enjoying that. But in terms of getting work done, like we were not the best at communicating around who had important meetings when. And there was one day when I had I was talking to, to patients on the phone and at the same time, my husband had uh, an interview for somebody. So he was interviewing somebody for a job um, and it was we'd booked it exactly the same time. And so we were like the day before we realized this and we then thought, oh, gosh, what do we do now? So we um, just decided to put the TV on for the children and sort of hope for the best, really. But um, I think that made us realize that we need to be a bit more organized in terms of actually Discussing, like who has what on, and I think we'd just not been used to doing that.
1: Also, she says the kids were used to her being the go to parent because she spent the most time with them. They couldn't leave her alone at home.
0: When I was working, like the children would constantly come upstairs and look for me and want to come in and see what I was doing. It was hard to get anything done. I felt really fragmented in terms of trying to focus on work and and was really struggling with that. Whereas I was finding that my husband was getting much more of a chance to really sort of sit down and have his uninterrupted time. So she and her husband decided
1: to change things up. Two weeks ago, they agreed to each work half a day and then catch up with work during the evening when the kids were in bed. This arrangement is working well so far. Her children are reassured by her presence in the house, but no longer feel the need to check on her constantly. Until the pandemic, her son, who's two, he wanted her to do everything for him. He'd always turned to Anna rather than his dad.
0: But that's really starting to change and like I was um, I was sitting working earlier and I just looked out from the balcony down to the garden and they were playing and my son kind of just looked up and just waved at me and then carried on playing, which whereas before he wouldn't have done that. So it's been really nice to see that transition. She says getting child related tasks and other tasks done, it all seems a
1: bit easier now than it did before. She says it may be because she and her husband are at home more and have more chance to discuss things.
0: Whereas usually when we're both away um, at work in the day and then we get home and the children are hungry and we're hungry and we're aware that they need to get to bed and it, it can feel quite rushed and, and sometimes that's where miscommunication can happen. Whereas now it feels more like we're, we've got time to to just talk things through a little bit more and sort of discuss things like it's it's just five minutes here and there it's not long conversations but i guess we check in with each other more because we're around each other all the time
1: i told anna about sam murphy and her volunteer job talking to older people who are struggling in the pandemic and how that left her feeling distressed as well do you think you're more stressed than somebody else might be because you're you know you're you're talking to people every day about their concerns and distress
0: No, I'd say the opposite in some ways. I find that having a focus that feels really meaningful, like I can actually do something, helps me stay more focused on on things like work and not get too stressed about other things that are going on. I think it feels really important to me that I, I can do something because I guess a lot of people can't, so either they they've been furloughed, so they laid off their uh, from their jobs for a while, or there might be all sorts of different reasons that they can't uh, do things that they would usually do. Um, whereas I I can, and that I think that gives me a sense of a strong sense of meaning and purpose. And she says having the children around can be a boon if i have a morning of very emotive conversations then actually being able to go downstairs and give my children a hug is um I know there's something about that that's also quite soothing and in some ways it's i find it hard that it's brought to my work so very clearly into the home, because usually I would drive to work, do my job there and then drive home and have time to process work in the car and then get home and my focus would be different. But it's all becoming a bit mixed at the moment. So I'm, I'm trying to just, I, th- I find that them being quite boundaried about sort of staying upstairs in the, in the room where I'm working um, while I am working and sort of just finding other ways of maintaining those boundaries, just it, that's helpful. Just going back to what you said about you
1: find it really, really nice to be able to offer people something like you're helping people in this situation and a lot of other people in their jobs don't don't have that. Have you found just because of all your skills and everything that you've you've learned over the years to bring to your job? Do you think you have less anxiety around this pandemic than some of your friends? Do you think your training has helped you cope with what's going on around us any better than anyone else?
0: Oh, I think, I think it varies. I think for the first couple of weeks, uh, I was probably feeling quite overwhelmed by it and just trying to process. And I just really felt like I had porridge in my head rather than a brain. It just, I felt like I was thinking very slowly. I think it depends a little bit on what's going on, I suppose. Like I said before, having a focus then means that I don't end up sitting and reading lots of um, of news updates and, or just choosing to switch off from those. So yes, yeah, I guess I, there are things that I talk to patients about that I know um, are helpful for them to consider. So if I'm faced with a similar situation, I know what in in theory, I know what the what the helpful tools are to draw on. But I also think it depends on on the level at which you're affected or how directly or indirectly you're affected so if you know somebody who's very unwell then for sure that's going to increase anxiety levels at the moment it feels like we're in a little bit of a bubble because we're you know we have a house we have a garden it's not the biggest garden in the world but it is a garden that we can sit and spend time in and we have options if you don't have a lot of options even if you have the tools that, that of course it's going to be more difficult to manage.
1: Anyone who has a sick family member or is struggling financially right now knows this all too well. But for now, Anna says her family is managing. Some things are harder than before, but communication and cooperation are helping a lot. Dan Carlson from the University of Utah says right now it's hard to think of this situation as temporary. The weeks can seem endless.
4: But eventually this will end. The shelter in place orders and stay at home orders and people will go back to work. But I think it's really important that people recognize that what we're doing now and the patterns that we're setting now they have the power to persist, especially if it comes to shaping a more egalitarian relationship. You know, we know that when men take paternity leave, that even though that's short lived, that taking that time off and spending it with their family leads to more childcare and more housework, and those increased responsibilities those those persist even after men return to work.
1: So he says if couples do share more of the domestic and childcare labor now,
4: there is a possibility that, that this will, will become a new pattern in your life and that even after things return to normalcy, that how you're dividing work in this moment will, will be something that it will carry into the future.
1: That's the broad experience for this time. Thanks to Dan Carlson, Kristen Elworthy, Samantha Murphy, and Anna Lagerdahl for being my guests on this show. I'll post a few photos of some of my guests and their families under this episode at thebroadexperience.com. In a future episode, I'll bring you the stories of women who don't have as many resources to fall back on during the pandemic. I'm Ashley milne Thanks for listening. See you next time.